This is an ABC podcast. We've just turned onto the Ho Chi Minh Highway. It's a major north-south artery, newly built along the tracks of the old Ho Chi Minh Trail. It was developed during the American War. They took us up to the top of a mountain early one morning and uh, we had this amazing experience of sitting on looking down into this misty valley below and hearing the gibbons sing. Early morning is the best time to capture the sounds of the forest. I've driven northwards to Hui province, home to the critically endangered white-cheeked crested gibbon. And they warned us that, that, you know, we would hear the gibbons sing, and we did. It was just the most amazing, spectacular experience, I think, that I've ever had. And interestingly, it happened to be my birthday. So, So it was memorable. Yeah, it was really an amazing experience. Hello, Anne Jones here with Off Track, and today it's all about Lynn. Lynn Malcolm is just about to wrap up an absolutely astronomical run on All in the Mind, the huge program and podcast and one of the ABC's biggest audiences. But that has just been a little section of her long career, and a decent chunk in the middle of it was working on programs just like this one, programs about the environment and nature. And in the process, she put everything, including her internal organs, on the line. They decided, no, it's not cancer, but your lung is being eaten away, basically. They were calling it the black fungus, and, of course, I often think back to, well, where did I pick, pick this up from? Lynn Malcolm retires from the ABC this week and I wanted to capture a little bit of that social history of environmental reporting before she headed out the door. So let's start at the beginning. How was it that Lynn got her foot in the door at the ABC? Yeah, this is a bit of a funny story. <laughs> An unexpected story. So I'd done a a science degree and majored in psychology but after that I went off and went traveling and and then went to live in a tent by a beautiful river up the north coast with who I thought was the love of my life (laughs) well that didn't end well but it was a beautiful spot by the river Um, and uh, anyway I came back to Sydney and Moved in with my parents, had no job, no work, and I was in the city and I was searching for a job in the paper in, a, in the mall and an old lady was sitting next to me and she said, are you looking for a job? And I said, yeah. She said, why don't you go into the ABC? And uh, she said, I work at the ABC and it's a lovely place to work. <laughs> and I was feeling like, oh, yeah, what the hell? So I walked into the office and, uh, and I said, look, I've got a, a psychology degree. I could do, you know, perhaps work in uh, HR or... They said, I'll leave it with us. And then the next Monday they called me and said, look, we've got a job for you. It's a three-month, just a temporary job and come in. So I started in that job and it was the most boring job in the world. 
But I kind of realised at the time, wow, I'm in this media organisation and I'd heard that there was a women's unit, but I used to go up there at lunchtimes and I taught myself to edit with a razor blade and sticky tape. (laughs) And I was pretty kind of interested in this. And then a job came up there as a broadcaster and I applied for it and I got it. And then I was suddenly in the deep end and absolutely fell in love with radio. And that, that was my beginning. I thought, wow, how come nobody told me about this? This is fantastic. It's estimated that 60% of all mothers experience postnatal depression in some form or other. For 30% of them... Lynn Malcolm worked within the women's unit for a number of years and then made docos on social and political issues before finally edging sideways to work with the science show team. And it was from within the Radio National Science Unit that Lynn's attention turned towards the environment. In 1992... um, The first United Nations Conference on Environment and Development was about to begin, known as the Rio de Janeiro Earth Summit. The invitation has been given and the nations of the world are preparing to respond, whether or not to go to Rio. And I think I will travel to Rio. And the man asking world leaders to attend is now visiting Australia. He's Maurice Strong, the director of the big conference in Rio. In fact, this is no passing fad. Concern for the environment is not simply a fringe issue that will soon disappear. It will push itself more and more into the centre of our lives and our decision-making processes in business and in society generally. And in the unit, we decided to form a new live two-hour radio program. And it was combining another program that was already in the unit called Practicalities, which was hosted by Amanda Armstrong, with the environment program that was already running called Earthworm. It's really very uh, cutting-edge environment program. But we decided to combine these two programs into something that we called Green and Practical. Hi, I'm Tim Bowden, and Backchat has received 854 letters of complaint, all from the same listener, about the environmental program Earthworm. Miss L. Pascoe of Sydney writes... I'd rather flush my eight cents a day down my dunny than have it spent on flagrantly biased muck like Earthworm. Oh, come on, Auntie, give Earthworm the spade. So be it. No more going through the motions for Earthworm. Instead, Green and Practical, a bigger, better and more useful program, starts on Saturday... Because we sensed that people were starting to get an appetite for environmentalism and the motto of the Earth Summit was starting to become quite well known and that was Think Global, Act Local. We needed to really tap into that and give people a way of really feeling like they could do something about the environment. So Green and Practical began. Hello, I'm Peter Hunt, and next week at this time with Amanda Armstrong from Practicalities, we launch Green and Practical. It's a totally non-toxic, biodegradable radio program that's been thoroughly tested on over 3,000 rats and found to be completely safe for the whole family. There's a bit of a sad note to this because just as we were getting really fired up and it was about three programs into it and we were really excited about it, it was going well. And one morning I came into work on a Monday morning and our team were sitting around pale-faced and utterly saddened that our host, Peter Hunt, had suddenly passed away. 
and that was in March 1992. So that was absolutely devastating. Hello, I'm Amanda Armstrong, this week presenting Green and Practical Alone. We've been shocked and enormously saddened by the sudden death this week of our friend and colleague Peter Hunt. He had a cardiac arrest on Wednesday morning. Just when everything was going so well, the team's been on a tremendous high with the success and positive response the new programs received. In fact, after last week's show, Peter told us he hadn't had so much fun making radio in years. But we continued the show. We thought it was a really important show. Green and Practical was a Saturday morning flow program and we had a a natural history event, for example. Now on Green and Practical, this week's check on the biological calendar. And if you're doing some autumn gardening this weekend, you might notice some baby blue-tongue lizards. So we picked something that happens around the country at one particular time of year and we got stringers to do out-and-about recordings of particular events. Yes, this is the time when they're fattening up, ready for their huge northward migration to their Siberian breeding grounds. You know, coral spawning as an example, what the components that sort of contribute to those things happening. So they were marked natural history events. How are you feeling, Rick? Uh, f- feeling great. That was quite an experience. It's rather bushy. There's, uh, I can see eucalypts and banksias around the place. It's slightly overcast. And what we're going to do is look for some blue-tongue lizards. And each time we had an environmental news roundup section, just a, a short section where we talked about what had happened in the environment that week. Today on Green and Practical, we're going to find out what Bill Clinton and Al, Mr Ozone Gore, have in store for the world's biggest consuming nation. But perhaps change is already in the air in the US, especially when... We had a practical section on really tapping into the audience and the community. And one of them, for example, I remember was on cockroaches. And closer to home, we'll deal with an issue perhaps more disturbing than even the GST or our national debt. Cockroaches in the kitchen. You know, how to live with them, how to ignore them or how to get rid of them. (laughs) And and it was interesting in the team, we were also really taking this to heart and putting these sorts of skills into our individual lives as well. We were really making changes at home as well as doing stories at work. I think interestingly, even just now, more recently... People are starting to feel like they want to do something again themselves. And we see what's happening on the television. There's the war on waste, the big series on ABC TV on climate and weather. It's sort of like, you know, we're going back to... Let's get back to how individuals are affected and what individuals can do. And it sort of harks to me right back to that think global, act local, which was sort of initiated during the Earth Summit in way back in 1992 when we started Green and Practical. It's an interesting journey and in a lot of ways very frustrating, I think. such a different time now. After a few years of doing Green and Practical, the program changed into a shorter program called Earth Beat. Hello, I'm glad you could join us on this, the very first edition of Earthbeat, the program where we continue Radio National's strong tradition in environmental broadcasting. 
I remember one I did was in oh, 1995 and it was on the endangered green and golden bell frog, which had come to prefer habitat which was highly disturbed by humans. So it had become a problem for property developers. Well, one of the holes in the ground that the green and golden bell frog calls home is at Homebush Bay in Sydney, the Olympic Village site, no less. Their favourite pond is in the middle of an old quarry, right where they want to build an Olympic stadium. This frog's got expensive taste in real estate, and it's already sporting the patriotic green and gold for Australia. But there are plans to accommodate the frog and its habitat within the Olympic development, and the building of the stadium is on hold. Now to another favourite hole in the ground. We're now on the edge of the core habitat of the green and golden bell frog on the development site of Meriton Apartments. About oh, a couple of hundred metres away, the bulldozers are raging over there. The rest of the site is just basically a big mound of dirt at the moment. Look, we always felt that we had to be careful and, and there were, yeah, there were number of instances where we were criticised more and more over the years and and criticised for not being balanced when actually we had to, our responsibility really was to look at the science and how do you weigh up the science and as opposed to a political opinion. There was a whole section of the community that really wanted to hear these stories because, you know, th- this was sort of following the the Franklin campaign, for example, you know, in Tasmania and people were starting to sort of get a bit fired up about the environment. And the other thing I guess that had happened too was, um, you know, the science had been coming out about the ozone hole and we felt at the time it was agreed that we really needed to have a specialist environmental program broadcasting based in science because the issues weren't covered in the mainstream news, as we thought they should have been. But then as the years went on, and after a number of years of reporting on the science of climate change now, we started to hear a lot more from those who were sceptical about climate change. And we started having to be much more careful because the ABC was being criticised for being biased and not having people who were sceptical about climate change on as much as other scientists who had spent their lives doing this science. And so it became harder to broadcast about the environment and it became very political and, of course, it remains that way. And so much so that eventually we lost that specialist environment program, the last one, which was Earthbeat, because it was considered that we don't need the specialist environmental reporting anymore because it's just it's covered in the mainstream well you know it's covered very very differently in the mainstream listening to all this archival radio program really makes plain the shift in tone and language around the environment between then and now have a listen to amanda armstrong introducing tim cornwall on green and practical in 1992 Well, despite all the talk about the greenhouse effect in recent years and our dependence on fossil fuels, energy conservation is hardly a major push by our power authorities. Well, in fact, it can even lose you your job. 
National Energy Award winner Tim Cornwall was sacked as marketing manager of Murray River Electricity for trying to save power instead of selling it. I basically set about doing things that I thought were, were right, but unfortunately I think I got a little bit offside with my own board, and I thought that the mere fact that the things that I did led to a National Energy Award would be sufficient to convince them that in the, the, of the wisdom of what I was doing and that we would actually swing everybody behind us. But, I mean, that was a, a, a gross error of judgment on my part. After Earthbeat was folded, Lynn stayed within the science unit, entering a new phase in her career. But she was never really able to shake nature and the environment from her professional output. I moved into the position of executive producer of the science unit. But during that time, I also did quite a bit of radio broadcasting as well. And because I loved it, (laughs) I did a number of programs, uh, co-productions with the BBC to create series that would be broadcast in the UK, but also across Southeast Asia. One was, I think it was in 2008, we did a four-part series on biodiversity hotspots in the Asia-Pacific region, and it was called Balancing Nature. That's the stories that we recently heard on Off Track when we repeated the series, so if you go back in the podcast feed, you'll be able to listen to them all. I walk through the forested mountains with the Birdman, whose well-honed calls entice the largely hidden wildlife into view. Once in the midst of warfare, this area of central Vietnam is beginning to reveal its secrets as an unimagined haven of natural diversity. A couple of the Vietnamese scientists took us up to a particular place in the highlands where we were looking at um, bird species and there was one particular man that they called the bird man and he really guided us through the forest and um, and he would make these amazing bird calls like you know he could make all these different bird calls and the birds would respond to him and he'd be sort of bashing through the <laughs> the bush with us in tail he me you know sticking my microphone out there trying to <laughs> capture these sounds and capture him making the sounds and it was very very densely forested this world of birds was you know, just so fascinating. It's such hard work because you're constantly at the ready, you know, recording everything. You don't want to miss anything. And then, you know, you've got a whole lot of material to come back to, to to edit and produce and put together. And it is um, physically exhausting, but you can't stop because it's just so wonderful. But it was actually... Two years later, I did another series and travelled and I was totally exhausted and I started to feel some sort of pain in my lungs, sort of a a pleuritic sort of pain. And I kept putting it off, going to the doctor. Anyway, one day I thought, oh, no, I just better just go to the doctor. They said, oh, you know, we will think you better go and have an X-ray and so I had an X-ray and, and the guy after the X-ray, they're not supposed to say anything about what they think it is, he was pale, you know, and he said, my God, the whole top part of your right lung, there's a, a shadow and that often means lung cancer. And uh, he just said, just go straight back to the doctor and the doctor just said, proceed immediately to emergency. So 
<laughs> so I went there and started all these tests and, you know, they couldn't work out what it was and they did biopsies and oh, I had this this weird cough and it wasn't pretty and um, they decided, no, it's not cancer but your lung is being eaten away basically and um, I was sent off to another specialist and they decided that there was a, some fungal activity going on in my lung and it had created this fungal mass which was not only sort of taking over the lung but it was also eating away at the lung. Eventually they did identify it and they said that it is probably only found in Southeast Asia and often found in leaf matter and it can be related to birds but rarely has it ever been seen here. And at that point they said, no, we cannot leave this because it'll spread throughout your body. And so I had lung surgery. They removed the whole top lobe of my right lung. It sort of didn't absolutely stop there, but it was a very big operation and the operation was successful. But it was a very, very scary thing. They were calling it the black fungus. And, of course, I often think back to, well, where did I pick, pick this up from? I always thought it was Vietnam Highlands walking around with the Birdman <laughs> that may well have introduced me to this fungus. But, of course, there's no way, of, you know, they don't have any way of determining that. But it could well have been sitting there for that two years before it started to, to grow. Hi, Lynn Malcolm with you, and I'm very glad to bring you RN's new season of All in the Mind. Once recovered, Lynn has most recently been heard on air with All in the Mind, amassing literally millions of listeners all around the world. But even on a show about brains, she still managed to get nature in. And today, orchids, dandelions and a glimpse of what our genes could tell us about our mental... And Lynn was also there to oversee the creation of this program, Off Track, about eight or nine years ago. She even made a documentary for Off Track where she walked the Larapinta Trail. It's a beautiful time of evening now. The sky is uh, like a navy blue. The sun's just gone down over the horizon. And there's a, a thin sliver of a moon and Venus just showing up in this perfect navy sky. Much cooler and there's a sense of calm all around. Nature is just so important to me, you know. It nurtures me and I, I grew up in Newcastle near the beach and spent so much of my time near the ocean and going away for weekends into the bush and, you know, I now do lots and lots of walking. So being out there and, and nature is just is so healing and so important for me, so it's certainly very good for the mind. <laughs> So I'm zipping the swag, sleeping bag inside the swag. This is going to be good to lie down. Just make sure I don't get the river sand in my bed. I've got 
the boots stored under the end of the swag, as it was suggested, so that the dingoes don't come along and pinch them. That wouldn't be good. Just turn off my torch now, and um, wow, the spectacle of the sky is just extraordinary. Never seen so many stars in all my life. And the moon is just a sliver, so it's uh, even more spectacular. I'm sure I'll sleep well tonight because we've got a very big day tomorrow. Lynn Malcolm describing the central Australian sky while walking the Larapinta Trail. Lynn is taking her leave of the ABC this week after 38 years creating radio. I can only wish that her years outside Auntie are as full of adventure as those were within. You've been listening to Off Track. I'm Ann Jones, and make sure you meet me here at the same time next time. That's when I'll take you somewhere else. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.